the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Good morning and welcome in. Rob Black in your money. I am Rob Black talking all things financial during the COVID crash and much, much more trying to get you to retirement slowly but surely. That is my goal. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Yesterday, the S&P 500 played with the I. of how are we going to handle COVID? Um, when, how shall we say this correctly? When the market starts to return to normal without stimulus. There's a lot of question marks about Target and Walmart. They had amazing quarters, unbelievable quarters, but Without another stimulus check, will it be that good? We've heard some good news recently. We've heard people saving money during COVID. Not a lot of money, but saving money during COVID. And for me, that gets you an emergency fund going, and that is part of the battle. So the stock market's repair work is done. The S&P 500 got back to where it was before the COVID crash. There's more and more analysis out there that I'm feeling is probably right that certain parts of our economy are underperforming and yet the stock market is not. So V-shaped stock market recovery, V-shaped economic recovery, something's not jiving because we don't have that V-shape economy. And again, we're starting to think, okay, who's going to benefit from the next round of stimulus? So a lot of people now are starting to say, in the short term, go with things that have been working during COVID. Don't go with things that have um, the stimulus check needs. Simple idea. I don't know. Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Alphabet, Facebook, Tesla, Netflix, all closed higher. And that's all that matters when you're an index fund known as the S&P 500. TJ Maxx, um, target up today 8%, lows up 2%. Can't say the same exact thing for TJ Maxx. Shares are down 5%, heavily reliant on in-store shopping. That's where you can start seeing some of the companies that have underperformed. 32% decline in revenue. But the companies like Lowe's and Home Depot who have online fulfillment, or our plays on home improvement, and you see lines 30 minutes long outside of them, they're doing good. So there's um, a lot to think about on a regular basis. Johnson & Johnson is buying a company called Momenta for $6.5 billion. Momenta Pharmaceuticals is in the area of autoimmune disease treatments. Okay. I kind of 
Get it? Get like I said. As the target on their back, they reported a monster quarter. Profits jumped 80%. Same store sales set a record. Target sales online and its stores open for at least a year. Climbed 24.3% e-commerce. And um, saw a dramatic growth. But in particular, curbside pickup up over 700%. That's not going to be walked backwards. Now, again, next year, will it be as dramatically high? No. But will it be better off than it was this year? Yes. Um, They've moved. They've pulled the business forward. And people like me go, huh. Check out this curbside service pickup. CEO Brian Cornell said the retailer attracted 10 million new digital customers and picked up 5 billion in market share in the first half of the year. Uh, remember when Target had the hack? Seems like a long time ago, right? Where data was hacked if you would use one of their skimmers, credit card skimmers. I don't know the details about it. Just know that they were hacked. Know that it was a problem back then. CEO had to come in and replace the CEO, and it got dramatic. Target's good. I'm not against Target. I don't own any. In a world of a veritable plethora of stocks, eh, I don't get all that excited by Target. And I should. Those are dang good numbers and a lot less downside than some of the stocks I play with. Scientists said yesterday, get ready for a whopper. They said it may be years before students can return to school without masks and social distancing. Boo! Pregnant women and children are often the last to get tested. I don't know what that's all about, but it's inside the report. There was a university in North Carolina, Chapel Hill, announced this week that they were canceling its in-person undergraduate classes and shifting them to remote learning. If you were a parent, would you send your freshman off to college right now? knowing that there's probably going to be a party. I think that party probably the first week of college, more so than the last three and a half years. Could that be true? If you have a vaccine, you're still going to have to wear a mask and still have to try to socially distance. That's the thought. If you have a vaccine, you're still going to have to wear a mask and still have to try to social distance. So the measles vaccination is about 93% effective. And they're saying this vaccine would be great if it was 40 to 60% effective. So how do you feel about that? Or is that just a, hey, I'll take my mask off. I have a God-given right. My mom taught me about responsibility. And she basically said, don't ever make love to a woman unless you want to have a baby. No matter how much you try not to, you might have a baby. I think the same thing could be said true with masks. Is it not true? If you want to wear a mask and socially distance, there's a better chance that you won't get a baby? No. (laughs) Well, that's true. That's true. But there's a pretty good chance you won't get coronavirus. And again, we're like, measles is 93% effective, but I don't know anyone's got measles right now. Fair. Fair. I don't know, I'm not trying to live your life, and I'm not going to tell you anything stupid like go outside and sit in sunshine to, to cut down on the disease, because we don't know. 800-516-1220, each call from there. The CDC said something kind of interesting. They want state and local sewage systems tested for coronavirus. I'm like, okay, uh, that sounds like an uninteresting job, is it not? 
But what's interesting about it is California is suffering through rolling back blackouts right now. And in Alameda County, which is very close to my home, San Mateo County, uh, they shut off the power and everyone just threw its black back, uh, back up and it all burst into the uh, estuary. Whoopsie. Can't go swimming on the hot days now. 805-1612-20. Weekly mortgage fi- refinances are, are, are down. Why? Because rates went up. Mortgage applications to purchase a home increased just 1% for the week, but were a remarkable 27% higher versus last year. But the momentum is starting to taper. Positive economic data reported last week on retail sales caused the Treasury Department or caused the Treasury, 10-year Treasury, to move not in the direction that we want it to if we want mortgage rates to be at record lows. But are they still low? Yes. Is the mortgage rates that I can get today still lower than I could have got two years ago? Yes. Five years ago, yes. 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. It's a pretty good rate. But is it record? Uh -uh. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com or find me online at robblackshow.com. Let's take a break. Regroup. Restrategize. We'll be right back. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. I think one of the most important things you could ever do is talk about money. I was literally just talking with my producer and he said, we we're talking about Apple and how it's up less than 1% today. And I own shares of Apple and he owns a share of Apple because he has Robinhood. Pretty cute, right? Tell me that Wall Street isn't somehow a great equalizer in a funny way. He's got one share. I've got more than that. But we're talking about the dividend. He goes, when does the dividend come? Every 30 days? No. A dividend comes every 90 days. And in Apple's case, it's $3.28 per share. So if you own one share, he's going to get $3.28 this year. Now, because he owns fractional shares with Robinhood, it gets a little messy. But you get that every 90 days. And it's divided by four, because there's four sets of 90 days in the year, is the idea. And it's not a lot right now. It's, it's well under 1%, but stock is more than made up for it. Um, it. So the question for me to him was, what are you going to do with that dividend? And he's like, well, that's a good question. Are you going to reinvest it as a dividend inside the company? You can set your account so it automatically buys you another, if you get, let's say it's $4. Let's say you get a dollar every quarter. So you can buy another whole dollar's worth of Apple every 90 days. Or you could say, no, 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 give me the cash. And he could go out and buy shares of NVIDIA or whatever he is, his heart desires. Every time I think heart desires, I start thinking about the world's greatest singer. The singer of Titanic. I know you're saying, please, no, no. I'm not going to bust in the song. Um, something I'm cutting down on. <laughs> with, how shall we say, um, COVID. Doing my own sound effects, so to speak. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. And of course, the greatest singer of all time is Celine Dion. Is that my true opinion or am I mocking her? You decide. Um, Amazon. This is always kind of interesting when you see stories like this. They're removing clothing with a derogatory term towards uh, Kamala Harris. 
And yeah, yeah, I, I, I strangely get it that somehow that got smeared into there a bazillion things on the planet that you can buy and somehow we're still there. I don't know how I feel about that in the end. It sounds kind of crazy for me to say is where do we draw the line in decency? Do we let people decide on themselves or do we say that's indecent? Let's not put it on a shirt or a skirt or anything else. Um, because it seems to me in my life that some people have had more issues than others with the same exact concept. I'm not talking about anything with Kamalayers. I'm just talking about censoring and pulling ideas. But oh, that was a messy one to get through for sure. Um, Johnson and Johnson buying a company for six and a half billion dollars. What the first thing I want to do is take a look at Johnson and Johnson's stock. Are they buying the company with stock or are they buying it with cash? Because there's two different things there, right? And you have to feel comfortable with it. And this is a lesson. The lesson here is something along the lines of um, if you can go out and get a new spouse because your stocks are hitting an all-time high, and let's say like, hey, I got a great job, and hey, I got lots of money, and hey, I've lost a lot of weight. That's when you go out and search for a spouse, right? When things are going good, not after you've had tooth surgery and knee surgery and heart surgery, and eh, not quite as attractive to be members of the opposite sex. So, what is Johnson Johnson doing? I like Johnson & Johnson in the short term as an investment in the stock market. Um, if I had to put new money to work, I would consider it if I didn't have my healthcare exposure already checkmarked. In large part, they sell a lot of things that we need on a daily basis um, and that we use on a daily basis in COVID and no COVID. Have you been using toothpaste for the last year as you've been locked up, right? Johnson & Johnson is not going to come out with a lot of breakthrough products. But what they have is a lot of billion-dollar brands. And through the years, they've tinkered with being more of a pharmaceutical company, being a little bit more of a consumer product company. Um, they got a lot of over-the-counter drugs and products for baby skin, for oral, for women, for first aid, for... Uh, they got psoriasis drugs, Remicade and Stelera, Cantor drugs, Zytiga. They've got a lot in their pipe. They've got coming stuff in their pipeline, but they also have a lot of stuff that's okay. I like that they're focusing on autoimmune because that seems like it would be an area where we would go to a doctor in the next 10, 15, 20 years and they would say, yeah, you could take this pill and it'll help your low blood cell count or it'll help something. I like the science there. Um, as far as, Johnson Hanson's been around for a long time, too. That's, that's worthy of me stopping for just a minute and going backwards on. They've been through world wars. They've been through high oil and low oil. They've been through COVID and SARS and Ebola and swine flu and chicken flu and bird flu and West Nile virus. And isn't it crazy how every couple of years we don't forget about mad cow? You got an angry cow in the back of the room after you forgot about him. Um, but it's a company that has $82 billion a year in revenue, income of about $20 billion. It's, it, it's by far and away not um, Apple. By far and away, it's not Microsoft. It's not going to get you into a lot of trouble. 2017, they had revenue of $21 billion. 2018, $22 billion. 2019, $23 billion. So a nice billion dollars added up each year. Now, then you start looking at their cash. They're changing cash. They're cash at the beginning of the year, the cash at the end of the year. They're net investing cash. 
their cash at the end of the period, their capital expenditures, it kind of gets a little ponderous quickly. Uh, when you see the sales growth of under 1%, but still, it's a big number. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Taking a look at the numbers um, of the market, because I don't do this every day, but I should do it a little more often when we're in new record territory after being a massive drop. I don't want to do it every day, like, hey, record high, record high. I'm not that guy. I'm not going to be a cheerleader here, but the S&P 500's up again, building on gains, building on all-time high closes. The NASDAQ uh, playing with starting positive, went negative, going back to positive. Um, that's had an amazing year. NASDAQ's up over 20% for the year. For those of you who are playing the home version of the game, that's freaking wonderful. That's an amazing year. I would be happy with 10% in COVID. Eh, I would have been happy with 5% if you were to pull me at the beginning of the year. I think you get where I'm going at with this. Um, coming up, I'm going to talk about some of the bare essentials that you absolutely have to have in your mind with investing. For instance, you have to have an emergency fund. I know a young man right now who's starting off his life and he's starting it off with an emergency fund and it's awesome. Now I have to beat him, I have to slap him, I have to spank him, I have to tell him, that doesn't mean it's an emergency fund for a television. It's an emergency fund for you being unemployed for two months to six months. An emergency fund should usually be about the size of two to six months of income, minimum. Anyhow, because that's how long it should take you to find a job. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back again. I'm proud and happy to say joining me right now, Patrick O'Hara from briefing.com. Right, uh, Patrick O'Hara. I kind of want to warn you a little bit, Patrick, because you're out of market that our audio is a little underwhelming right now because we've kind of had a cyber attack and we're kind of rebuilding everything back up at the company. But it's good to have you. How are you doing, sir? Good morning, Rob. I'm doing well, thank you. And uh, I've been duly warned. <clears throat> duly warned. Uh, duly warn us about the upcoming stock market crash or pullback or anything <laughs> because I was talking with my CFP yesterday and he goes, you got a lot of cash. Where do you want to put it? I'm like, in a pullback <laughs> was the right answer. And he goes, me too, but we're not getting one. What do you want to do? Um, are we due for a pullback, or what's your thoughts on the current stock market? Because it's been a, a stunning year for the S&P 500 and for the NASDAQ in face of COVID and an economic shutdown. Well, yeah, you know, I don't think it's a stretch to say that, you know, we're due for a pullback. Um, you've seen the S&P 500 move at 55% off of its March low in a span of uh, – less than six months. And, you know, typically anyway, as you hit a new high, it's not, you know, it's not unusual to see then a, a drawdown as that kind of becomes a, uh, a self-fulfilling uh, conclusion and that you see a tendency to take some profits. And so you could get a pullback here in the near term. Um, the question is, you know, is how much? And the way the, the behavior of this market is, is that it doesn't really uh, fear much of a pullback, even if we drop five, six percent or so, uh, there's a ready willingness to buy on this weakness. Um, 
because uh, traders, investors have all been conditioned to expect the market to, to kind of keep climbing on these buy on these pullbacks, um, and they're uh, finding that faith uh, in that uh, proposition uh, because of what you know the Fed Fed's done to provide liquidity to the market, and and because you have these. Uh, ongoing pledges to provide more support if necessary, both on the monetary and the fiscal side. And so, you know, the market is certainly um, riding a very favorable trend right here. And uh, the trend is one's friend and until it isn't. And there hasn't been anything to really uh, upset the trading trend uh, for the market yet. Now, I know you have some younger people in your family, children as do I. And I kind of wanted our our bear market to last a little bit longer this spring. And I know that's a horrible thing to say out loud, but I kind of wanted them to see that it's not always great. And that dad actually has to do hard work to to figure out moves and ideas and investment angles. Um, Was the correction too short? Did we not learn anything in your opinion? Because we're sitting at all time highs on the S&P 500 and yes, the economy, it's not great. It's great compared to a month ago. It's great compared to two months ago, but it's not good on a year-over-year basis. Um, do we need bigger corrections? Do we need more sideways action to kind of take the game out of the investment world? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, some lateral consolidation might be what you do see, um, uh, you know, leading up into the election. Um, we, we've, we've had the recovery, right, within the stock market anyway, from the COVID crash. You know, we're back. Um, but you know, there's a lot, there are a lot of, you know, real hard issues out there that have yet to be solved, uh, you know, economically speaking. And, um, you know, I don't think it's, you know, stretched by any imagination to say that, you know, the easy money has been made off of this, uh, March low. Uh, but now, um, you know, you've got a, a market trading, you know, at a historically high PE multiple, but then again, you have a discount rate that's historically low. So, um, so there are, uh, you know, some issues there that can kind of run some interference here, certainly as we get closer to the election and and what's going to be a very contentious election period. Um, so uh, lateral consolidation is probably, you know, a possibility that's going to come, come to light here. Um, but, um, you know, it is it, it is difficult, you know, right now to kind of like figure out uh, exactly where you want to put your money after such a strong run, because a lot of things are that have moved so much, you know, are certainly what could be considered crowded positions. Okay, that's like crowded, like everyone knows the name and it's no secret and a lot of investors are in it. Warren Buffett, the greatest value investor of all time, the greatest investor of all time. Um, Half of Berkshire Hathaway is made up in Apple at this point in time. And does that make you feel like these are strange times or is he just that smart of a guy? Um, Because that's not the Warren Buffett that I knew from the 1990s, but it's the 21st century Warren Buffett and Berkshire Hathaway. And I kind of dig it and give him a big thumbs up. But then again, I see so much of his wealth is concentrated in one name. And I'm guilty of that, too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, kind of as we speak, I think Apple, you know, might have hit $2 trillion market capitalization or is really just, you know, right on as a whisker away from it. Um, you know, I, I think part of that, though, too, uh, Rob, might just be a, a nod to, uh, um, you know, turning things over somewhat to, to new investment managers at, at Berkshire Hathaway, which, you know, who have done, you know, a very good job. 
um, kind of passing of the torch, if you will, and and you know, and they've they've embraced the the, the, the potential of Apple and, and have been very successful in that. Um, obviously, with that investment. So, uh, but it does just make you take a step back when you see a company with a two a two trillion dollar market capitalization, one company that uh, effectively is almost worth as much as the entire Russell two thousand. Uh, and you do have to wonder, you know, just how much further it can go, um, um, or, or by the same token, where other opportunity, you know, lies at this point, um, you know, because there has been, this is one of those stocks that is, is definitely crowded, um, and there's concentration risk there. And so you do have to wonder if perhaps, um, you know, that a stock like Apple, um, you know, might be prone to more of a, a correction here, certainly in, in the short term, but, uh, but it's been remarkably resilient and, um, um, and obviously very profitable for, for Berkshire Hathaway, as, as well as many, many other investors uh, across the entire gamut from a retail investor right up to, a, you know, a professional manager. Is there anything that you're looking at right now that it's kind of like your go-to metric. For me, I still look at the 10-year treasury and I just remind myself, money's cheap. That's a positive for stocks and valuations. The positive for me, I've refinanced my mortgages as money got cheaper and cheaper and cheaper through the year. So my cash flow has been improved by the drama in the economy causing the 10-year treasury to collapse and causing mortgage money to become cheap. Um, is there anything that you're looking at that makes you feel good about the stock market? Because the 10-year treasury, it, I'm not going to say it makes me feel good, but it kind of justifies that I can still stay 80, 90, 95% invested at a time like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I keep coming back to this idea, Rob, that, you know, if we look at, you know, the, you know why has why the stock market rallied so much? And, and you know, it, it basically boils down to this idea that, you um, uh, that that things are going to get better, you know, that you're going to see a massive earnings recovery uh, once we have a safe and effective vaccine. Uh, and, and, and really, there's just, you know, this market has no fear of anything bad happening, and, and it's really clinging to this recovery uh, thesis. Okay, that's all well and good. And, and you know, it's obviously been uh, kind of hedging a little bit for that in that it's been focused, you know, it's been piling into these mega cap companies, right, which have carried the market. But if there's a true embrace of this recovery thesis, then it would seemingly make sense at this point then to then turn one's attention to some of those areas that have not performed as well, you know, moving more into the value uh, component of the market, um, more into small caps, because if there's a really strong belief that the U.S. is economic recovery is going to come back in spades and that earnings are going to really rebound strongly, then because of this concentration risk we've talked about today and some of these large mega cap names, well, uh, it would seem to me that there'd be some opportunity there for the investment-minded individual in these, you know, value sectors that have have, have trailed, the, the you know, the growth stocks by miles, not only this year, but for, for many years now. <laughs> Wrapping things up, as we've got about two minutes left in the segment, is there anything that you're looking at that you want to share and kind of take my questions away from me and kind of give you the microphone and let's see where you go with it, Mr. O'Hare? 
Well, uh, I was on vacation last week, just kind of unplugged, uh, which was which was a good thing, and um, it was nice to do. And so I'm kind of still getting my my bearings still here with with the market now um, coming into this week, but. Uh, I was actually, you know, looking at the idea of, of you know, crowded trades, right? Um, starting to hear more things get crowded, you know, not just the mega cap stocks, but you're hearing about how it's a crowded position being, you know, long the euro and short the dollar. Um, uh, holding gold is becoming, you know, a, a crowded trade. So, um, so a lot of things are, you know, you, you have a market that's just driven by momentum. And so you have to be a little bit concerned when there's such a concentration in those names. And so, you know, probably looking at a piece more that's oriented toward, um, you know, where other opportunities do exist. If you're looking to kind of diversify away from those crowded trades, uh, you know, with the idea of trying to find, you know, better return potential in, uh, at this juncture, given how far we've come in, in such a short amount of time. Sounds good. Thank you for being with us, Mr. O'Hare. I will cut it short so I can work on the audio a little bit, and I will talk to you next week. I did miss you last week because uh, your insights during the time of COVID and investing are just as good as it is when markets are hitting all-time highs and things are going great. So thank you so much. Uh, people can find you at briefing.com. Briefing.com is a great source, a reliable source is probably how I should say it for domestic and international news on the stocks that you, you follow and the economy and, and much, much more. Um, I use it every single day. I've used it every single day for over 20 years in the market. They don't pay me to say that. Um, it's don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I've got a child the, in school. I think everyone kind of knows that. Maybe I have two, maybe I have three, but there's secrets I just won't tell. Um, but... It's better this year than last year online. And that's the difference of three months when teachers and the school systems had a little bit more time to figure things out. They did a good job. Uh, what I, I won't talk about like quality of learning because I really don't know that kind of stuff. Uh, so I don't talk about it. I will say I see Google everywhere right now. And I ordered another MacBook because I want my MacBook to be my MacBook. So the back of the school I'm seeing is still with the big tech guy. And, and I almost want to say good for them. The schooling system is getting better. And for instance, I saw uh, four teachers. They teach like fourth grade. And they all got together and they all did this video. And it's kind of awesome. Whereas last year, they're like, is the camera on? I don't know if the camera's on. And I'm, I'm talking last year. I'm talking three months ago. So Google Classroom is one of the standards out there right now. I guarantee, I'm not gonna guarantee this. I would bet a dollar for a dime that companies like Microsoft and Apple have teams right now that are saying, distance learning, we still wanna focus on this because we think this is going to become a, a more real thing over time. And I think they'll be well positioned. Do you remember when you were a child and you were in elementary school and? I think every school did this, where you had to bring home Campbell soup labels from home and bring them to school. And if you brought in a hundred, your class got a ice cream party. But those soup labels were used to buy computer equipment from Apple. And then I started using apples when I was in third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. Now these were the um, the computers, 
and they I, I, they were okay. I never have thought, and this is a controversial statement coming in three, two. I never thought that Apple was their operating system was better than Microsoft, and to this day, I still don't feel that. But I do feel the quality of the build and the ecosystem. And their software, I'm testing out their new operating system right now for the Mac as well as for the phone. It's a nice improvement. It, it, it looks nicer. It seems to run a little faster. It seems to conserve battery a little bit better. Um, things are a little bit more organized. Have you ever been in love with someone and they're like, they've got like 400 apps on their phone and you're like, why do you have 400 apps on your phone? Well, those apps are now kind of automatically jibbing and jibing and, and finding their own place better. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. The story is right now crowded trade. I'm going to reuse what we just learned from Patrick O'Hare. That's what's working on Wall Street. Alphabet, Amazon, Microsoft, Apple, Facebook, Tesla, Netflix. If you own all those in Robinhood, if you own all those in your 401k, if you, own, if you work for those companies and you've got stock options, you're probably one of the wealthiest people you know. The Robinhood people, I'm comparing you to other Robinhood people. The stock option people, I'm comparing you to other stock option people. And the 401k investors like me, I'm comparing myself to 401k investors. I have a lot of those names because I use a lot of those names. I wanted to own a Tesla, but I never bought a Tesla and I never bought Tesla shares. And I'm like, dang it, I wanted to own it. It's like, I want to own Apple and I own Apple. I wanted to own an Apple phone. And my next phone is going to be an Apple phone. And Amazon yesterday, I, I spent $500 on some back to school stuff and it'll be there in two days or maybe not if it's coming through the postal service. And then we ask the big question of what, 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 oh, what's going on with the post service when it takes two weeks to send a letter across the country. I'm like, I could hire a horse and get it across the country faster. Well, maybe not, but you get the idea. So the big question that keeps coming round, round, you spin me right round, round, baby, right round. Why are stocks at record highs during a recession? That's a good question. The U.S. economy is in one of the sharpest economic downturns since the Great Depression, yet the stock market reached a new record high. And it's a lot of stimulus. It's a lot of promise of stimulus and a lot of spending of stimulus that we already have gotten. There's going to be a lull now. Congress and the president playing a bit of a game of uh, Russian roulette of let's say a blink or chicken. Chicken's probably a better one to say. We there should be another gap down right here right now. But again, people like me are spending money on computers for school and internet. Get this, holy mackerel! I had to call Comcast and suddenly I've got. Uh, two internet accounts essentially in two different locations. I'm like, I need the fastest speeds possible. Why? Because this spring and summer I've done the show through an internet connection that's not dedicated, essentially through Skype. And when I'm on Skype, I need it to be focusing in on me because I'm kind of a big deal. I have a radio show. I do a TV work in a big city in the United States. I, 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 people know me. I've got many, many, many leather-bound books that smell of rich mahogany. I have to, in my head, I have to. And I don't know the difference between 400 meg download and one gig. It sounds like double, but I don't know if like, if the kids are doing their 
video conferencing with the teachers. Oh, that's a big thing that changes here. You have to be online at nine, nine o'clock and the teacher has to see you, otherwise you skip school. And you have to come on at 2.15 or 2.30 and bye, have a nice day, I'm going home, even though you're home, or that counts as being a truant. I know you're saying, good use of the word truant. <laughs> I know, right? Kind of a big deal. But yeah, we're spending still, and again, I don't want to spend an extra 30 bucks or 20 bucks a month on internet because that comes out to $400 a year. And then I'm like, I could have saved that money and invested it. And one day when I'm 93 and I'm eating something horrible, um, maybe I wish I had that $400. Anyhow, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being a patron of this show. Thank you for telling other people about this show. It is appreciated. Congratulations if you've stayed invested. Now, again, you still got to figure out what you're going to do next, but congratulations. The S&P 500 has roared back, as has the NASDAQ. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com.